You're listening to From the Clubhouse, a National Club Golfer podcast. It was a headline that grabbed worldwide attention. People who played golf lived, on average, five years longer than those who didn't. And yet, astonishing as that is, we're still only really scratching the surface of the benefits that playing this wonderful sport can bring. From mental health to strength and balance, these issues are put right to the forefront in a new three-part series on the RNA's YouTube channel, Iona Investigates. Former professional golfer turned broadcaster Iona Stephen finds out from celebrities and club members about the impact golf has had on their lives and learns from experts on how we can enhance our own well-being by getting out on the fairways. So in this week's From the Clubhouse podcast, I speak to Iona about the series and what golf means to her, chat with former England cricketer James Taylor, who explains how the sport has helped him through the trauma of a career cut short by a heart attack, and hear from the RNA's Chief Development Officer Phil Anderton who explains how the governing body are trying to spread the word. Iona, James, Phil, welcome to the From the Clubhouse podcast. Hi, uh, thanks for having us. Thanks very much. Good morning. Iona, um, a fantastic series that, that you've done with the RNA. I watched it all and, and, and thoroughly enjoyed it. Um, what, what did you get out of making the programme and, and not only sharing your story but but sharing the story of James who we'll talk to later and Jason McAteer and, and everyone that you spoke to. Oh um, first of all thanks for having me on Steve and I think you know it was quite a cathartic experience in terms of going back to selfishly my kind of beginning into the game and, and kind of exploring um, you know really why I started playing golf and that was quite an emotional experience actually um, and you know in the last three years I've been working in the media and it's been a whirlwind and it's it's not really something I've had the chance to do to kind of go back to the beginning and think you know about the impact that golf has had on my life I mean it has absolutely transformed my life from a personal and professional point of view and so there was that that part to it, and then the second facet of it, I suppose, was really trying to uncover and share the story of just how powerful golf can be in a positive health perspective um, for people who choose to play it. And you know, we spoke to some real life case studies, and we also spoke to professionals and experts across the board who were able to kind of cut to the nuts and bolts, I suppose, of just how um, significant some of the findings are um, around the, the positive impact that golf can have on your physical, your mental health and your social life and so many other things as well. So there was lots to be gained from it, a good reminder of just why I love this game and um, kind of a, a sort of very beautiful reflective experience for me as well. And it was it was just fabulous to be a part of it yeah and a key part of the first episode is your experience of playing golf at, at Ranfurly Castle and and you know you pointed to this earlier on you get quite emotional about 
the impact that golf has had on your life and what it continues to do for you now. So just 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 try and explain that story for those who might not have seen it yet and, and the positive um, connotations for you of playing golf. Yeah, so I think, you know, we all have, we all go through different phases in our life, don't we? You know, and life is just this constant changing journey. Nothing ever stays still. And, you know, I all, often thought of life as coming in these five-year stages where, you know, I, I look at my life and it seems to have so far been in these kind of five-year chunks. Um, and I suppose that this, this chunk in my life, I was leaving school, going to university with not a clue of what I wanted to do. Um, but feeling like the world needed me to know what I, I wanted to be. And, you know, you kind of try and pretend like you know, I, oh yeah, I know what I want to be. And at the time, that for me was an architect. And really in my head and internally, I was thinking, I haven't got a clue what, what I want to do. And life's a long old journey. So when you're you know, in Scotland, we leave senior school. I was 17 when I left, when I completed the whole thing. So you're still very young. And I felt this whole weight of the world on my shoulders, to be honest. And I think looking back, I didn't really recognize at the time, but I definitely had sort of different kind of anxiety that I was that I was dealing with. And I played field hockey internationally. And, you know, that was a great outlet for me. But it was during that time at university that I discovered golf and I can only really describe it as just transformational really in terms of my mental health and the weight that it took off my shoulders to just feel like I found a sanctuary for myself in life where nobody asked me any questions I didn't have to be anyone or be anything and I could just go to the golf course leave my phone in the car and be out there for four hours with total peace and quiet and just feeling like I was mentally totally engaged with the challenge of trying to golf this ball around from A to B. And somehow that transported my mind to this kind of this mental experience that I had never had in my life that felt a lot less pressured. And it was a game changer and it gave me clarity to think, right, I need to start thinking about what I want in my life and what, what I'm really passionate about and not what others are expecting of me and what the world is expecting of me, or at least what I think the world is expecting of me. And it, it really gave me a gateway to assess my whole life. And I couldn't spend enough time on the golf course at that period. I remember leaving the architect studio, you know, all my friends would be like, where are you going, Iona? I'd be like, oh, I'm off to the golf course. Like, I, I'm sorry, I've got some thinking to do. And I'd, you know, rush off to the golf course at any opportunity. And... And it was from there that I was able to get some real clarity and say, no, I don't think I want to be an architect. And I transferred to St. Andrews University to do history of art instead. But really, I wanted access to the range and all the golf facilities there in St. Andrews. So it, it was a game changer for me, Steve, in my whole life. And it was a gateway to a better version of myself. And that continues to be the case for you now, doesn't it? I mean, you, you've got what I think many listeners would describe as an absolutely dream job and yet you're extremely busy you're always on the move I think you're in a lay-by now talking to us on the on the way to the amateur yeah. trip so you know in terms of your well-being and your mental health that ability to get out on the course and just and just have some time to yourself is still massively important it's it, it certainly is and last night was a great example um 
I was able to go and play a round of golf at Crail with my dad and my brothers. We teed off at about well, quarter to seven in the evening because it barely gets dark in Scotland now. And, you know, I just, it's like this feeling of melting. It's like the troubles and the weight that we carry in our chest. And, you know, I, I, I work in live television now, so it, it is a stressful industry. I'd be lying if I said it wasn't. And sometimes I feel like I'm on my way to an early grave. But, you know, it's when I, when I balance it with still having golf in my life, um, I can honestly say that it keeps me sane, it keeps me grounded, and it keeps me connected to the people that I love. And to be able to share that whole experience with family. And, you know, my mum doesn't play golf, but what often does is walk the dog with us when we play. And we all had a picnic. We played nine holes. And, you know, we had a picnic afterwards and we just watched the sun going down. And it was just the most relaxing experience and totally pressure-free and it, it's, I'm so grateful that even though I work in the golf industry, that I still feel that relationship with it that provides that, that sort of sanctuary and um, therapy, if you like. Let's move to you, James, because you are a, a strong focus of the second episode of the, of the programme. I think, um, you know, people who are keen on sport are well aware of the achievements uh, that you had in cricket. I mean, you basically one of the world's best batsmen. Um, and it all ended for you in, in the space of one day. I mean, just, just tell me your story and, and then how you became to be involved with golf and how you turned to golf. Well, firstly, uh, Iona, how do I follow that? Uh, Iona, well, firstly, Steve, thank you for having me on. It, uh, I love golf. It's a real passion of mine. And as you'll hear, it's changed my life. But Iona, I've followed you uh, for a while now. I, I was in the media a few years back for a couple of years and I always looked at people for inspiration. I came across you and I always admired the way you did things and the fact that you're involved in golf. That was just on the presenting side of things, but the fact that you're involved in golf is brilliant. Um, but my my story, I'll keep it very short because it's very long-winded. Um, so yeah, obviously professional cricketer, traveling the world, worked incredibly hard to get to the top of the game, uh, living a great life, traveling the world. Um, and then in Cambridge, 2016, uh, it was safe to say a cardiac arrest is the only way to describe it for most people. It wasn't officially a cardiac arrest, but it was the first game of the season um, at Cambridge playing the universities. Um, cut a long story short, I had this attack going on for like seven hours. I got taken to hospital eventually after my body packing up. Um, initially, we thought it was just a virus. That's why it took so long to go to hospital. When I got taken to hospital, my heart rate was doing 265 beats per minute and it'd been doing that for seven hours. So I'd done the equivalent of five to six marathons on the bounce, or my body had. Um, so to say it was pretty stressful uh, is an understatement. Um, and that was when my life changed. Um, I was in hospital for three weeks after the episode that I had and the attack I had, I couldn't uh, walk for a week, my body, um, I'd been through so much, um, loads of investigation, many, many operations along the way in those three weeks and cut a long story short, I was told I had to retire. Uh, I couldn't exercise uh, again properly. I couldn't drink alcohol. I couldn't do this. I couldn't do that. But the doctor told me, oh, but you can play golf. And cricketers either love golf or hate golf because we stand in a field for seven hours a day anyway. Um, I was one of those that didn't want to stand in the field any longer. 
And so I didn't play golf uh, when I played cricket. But so the doctor said to me, but you can play golf. And I'm like, golf, my dad plays golf. I'm, I'm not sure about this. And my wife was like, come on, I, re I reckon you can get into it. And so I gave it a go. And to say I got hooked from the word go is a, is a huge understatement. And it changed my life. Uh, from that moment when I went on that AstroTurf and started hitting some balls, uh, it changed my life. Initially, I thought, how easy is this? I'm going to be a pro in no time. And then I went from the Astro to the course and I was so embarrassed. I refused to play with anybody for the first three months of playing golf. I was dudding it. I was hitting the ground first. I was hitting it left. I was hitting it right. And I was so embarrassed. But the more I got into it and my competitive side took over and I had lessons, uh, the more I loved it and embraced the challenges of golf. And so that's briefly how I how I got into golf and how it changed my life. I'm I'm told you play off plus three now, so it turns out it turns out you're pretty good at golf. Uh, you've had for by anyone's uh, expectations a traumatic event, something that's completely changed your life, and that that would have been um, an awful lot to deal with as someone who uh, I think you were 26 at the time. Um, expected to be at the peak of their powers and, and for a number of years. So can you just explain to me how golf has helped you deal with the, the, the mental stress of that event and how it continues to help your well-being as we as we move forward? Yeah, well, when when you are at the peak of your powers and you're so physically fit uh, and dominant in your world, um, it's a huge ego blow um, when you're not invincible anymore. So I, and I had no release. Um, so like I said, I couldn't exercise, which was a release. I couldn't go out with my friends and drink and party like I used to, which was another release. So golf, like I said, changed my life because it gave me a release. It gave me a competitive edge uh, and something to be able to be competitive in. Um, and like I said, I can't exercise like I used to. Uh, I used to love gymming. I used to love running. Um, but golf allows me to walk at a low intensity level so my heart rate doesn't raise too much apart from uh, your weekly medal over a three footer. That's when my heart rate does raise a little bit. Um, but yeah, golf is brilliant. Walking six to seven miles around, um, like Iona was saying, it's, it's that release, it's that mental headspace, um, cruising around the golf course in the fresh air with your mates you can do it competitively you can do it with your family you can do it with your friends uh, so there's so many different ways that you can engage in golf uh, and you can challenge yourself and that's what i needed i needed a, a physical challenge and a technical challenge and a mental challenge and that's why golf is so good very similar to cricket um and it, it's been an absolute godsend for me I mean, how far do you think you could go with the sport? How far do you want to go with the sport? I mean, a plus three, you're a serious player. I mean, you could play, if you wanted to, you could play in some in, in some absolutely outstanding events. So how, how much do you, the limitations that you have in your life preclude you from doing that? And how competitive do you really want to take it? I would love to be involved in golf. I, I don't know what capacity that is because I, I love it so much and it's a real passion of mine. I would love to be involved in golf in some capacity. I'm not arrogant enough to think I can compete with the, the big boys after just five years of playing golf. I mean, I got to scratch in three and a half years, which is great fun because I love learning and I love challenging myself technically and mentally. Um, but I need to make some money. So I've had a full time job during that period. Um, and that obviously hampers my practice. And 
when you're playing international sport, you're used to practicing so much and that's where you get your confidence from. So when you're not practicing all the time in golf, I just don't feel I can compete to the level that I want to, or I, I don't think I could be at the level I wanted to, to compete because I don't have the chance to practice as much, but we will just see. Um, yeah, we'll just see. I mean, let me ask you a hypothetical question before I move to Phil. And um, I mean, feel free to not answer it if you, if you feel uncomfortable with it. But without golf, if you hadn't found golf, if that opportunity hadn't arisen for you, you know, how, how different do you think your life would be? How much harder would you think it would have been for you to have not found this wonderful game? It's a very good question because every morning when I was playing professional sport, international sport, I got excited when I got out of bed. I was straight out of bed like that. It never took me any time to get out of bed. Um, golf gives me that, gives me that excitement. When I've got a day of golf, it's the happiest I am. Uh, obviously, along with seeing my child and my wife. Um, but golf is, is a complete game changer. It gets me out of bed and it gets me excited for the day. And it's probably the most excited I, I get uh, on, on a daily basis when I'm playing golf, uh, put it like that. So, yeah, it has changed my life. James, it's an inspirational story and uh, I wish you all the best with, with your golf in the future. Let me move to you, Phil. Um, the RNA have, have, have put some considerable resource into, into golf and health, not only with the initiatives um, like the YouTube programme uh, that Iona has been presenting, but in terms of funding research and in terms of um, really getting to grips with the impact that, that golf can have on mental and physical health. Just, just try and explain to me and the listeners, if you could, what the RNA's role is at the moment in this area. Well, thanks again, Steve, for, for having me on the on the programme. I mean, I think the RNA, um, ultimately, what we want to have is more people playing this great sport more frequently. People like James playing the sport is fantastic. And like any good brand or activity, you've got to go out and sell yourself and say what is so special about you. So um, the RNA looked into the whole question of, of health uh, and, and was led by Dr. Andrew Murray, University of Edinburgh, and a whole group of medical experts. And what they came out with was really astounding because I think most people think, well, golf's going to be good for your health because you can go for a nice long walk. But when they came out with all of the findings, you know, things like you live five years longer, it helps prevent and treat 40 uh, major chronic diseases, things like diabetes, um, heart attacks, as, as James unfortunately had to experience, uh, strokes, uh, cancers, and then the whole kind of area around sort of depression, uh, mental health. Um, so golf really is a force for good. So having all of that kind of medical proven impact of, of golf on health and to have people like the British Heart Foundation come out and endorse it, then made us think, well, instead of just keeping that research to ourselves, we need to go out there and start communicating this. Golf's very good at speaking to itself. So we need to go out and start talking to existing golfers to get them to play more frequently and then to start bringing back lapsed golfers and then to go out after people who perhaps play other sports, but for whatever reason, haven't thought about um, haven't thought about golf. So it's interesting when when you speak to people within golf, they'll say things like, well, everyone knows golf is good for your health. Um, so there's no real need to go and communicate it. So we did research in Great Britain, in South Korea, in Canada uh, and in Sweden. And what we found was astounding. 
Uh, first of all, even golfers weren't really aware of all of the health benefits. But when we told them that golf had been proven by the medical community to be good for your health across all those areas that I mentioned, over 50% of current golfers said that they wanted to play a lot more golf. Uh, over 80% of people who played just at the driving ranges wanted to play on a proper golf course. 49% um, of people who'd lapsed from golf wanted to come back to it. And 15% of people who'd never played golf wanted to play golf. So knowing all of that, we at the RNA have got this great position where we oversee 146 countries around the world. So instead of having every country going out and creating their own marketing and promotion uh, campaigns, what we can do, like any good global organization, is we can bring in a great agency uh, and bring in people like Iona and then create this kind of marketing uh, programming. And you've seen Iona Investigates, which is fantastic, and bringing in people like James and Jason McAteer and others. Uh, and we have brought in a, a global marketing agency and produced this global campaign, which we're about to next week roll out in Wales, but that will then subsequently go around the world. This is us getting on the front foot, excuse the pun, uh, James, and really going out and shouting about what's so good about golf. You know, some people say that uh, golf uh, is a good walk ruined. I would say the complete opposite. Golf is... Golf is good and golf is a good walk and it's enhanced by the enjoyment that you can get out of golf. And we heard from James and Iona about how good it makes you feel. So ultimately, what we want to do is shout about golf and get more people playing more golf more frequently. Golf historically has done quite a poor job of getting these messages across it historically as an industry has talked to itself so you, you've mentioned some of the programs there and, and and we look forward to seeing what's going to happen in wales uh, how are we going to push this forward then and and spread that message around you had huge headlines with the um golf helps you to live five years longer on average and that went across the world but headlines fade don't they and something else always takes over. So how can the sport really progress this message and, and keep it in the limelight? Yeah, I mean, it's like any good brand. You, If you've got some uh, something about your brand that is strong and positive, you've got to tell that story, but not just do it once. You, you, we're in a competitive market and you know all the other sports and activities are promoting themselves. Cricket does a very good job, in my opinion, of promoting itself through things like the 100 and 2020, et cetera. And we've got to be out there and we've got to have our federations, we've got to have the RNA, we've got to have our partners like the PGA just shouting relentlessly about what is so good about golf. So I'd be looking in the future to have um, the, the top players, you know, Matt Fitzpatrick and Rory McIlroy and all the other great players talking about golf and health, the, the people who used to win. You know, the, the Cynic Faldos and Jack Nicholas talking about the impact that golf has had on their health. Um, I would want to engage with big brands and get them to partner up with golf and talk about, again, the health benefits that golf can bring. We've got our ambassadors. You know, we've got Niall Horan. We've got uh, Gareth Bale. And you'll see Gareth Bale will be appearing in the campaign shortly. You know, having people like that who can help us reach uh, between Gareth Bale and Niall Horan alone, you've got 200 million people. So being able to get the messages out through the, through those types of avenues is going to be really important. And then 
there's the medical community and we're doing a, a, a test at the minute of trying to uh, get a social prescription uh, model going so that when someone comes in perhaps with some depression, instead of it being tablets or instead of it being you need to go and do some cycling, it's you should go and play some golf. And here's the opportunity for you to go and play golf because we all know it. When you play around a golf, you feel better unless you've been drugged, you know, four and three. Um, so the, there's the medical community can push, push the message. And then there's government. And we've got to convince the governments around the world that golf not only has an important part to play economically, but also in the sustainability agenda, but it, it's a force for uh, econo economic and, and health benefits and get them to see golf as, as a force for good and invest in it. So I think it's across a whole range of, of means and just to do it relentlessly so that when people think about what am I gonna do with my spare time, I'm gonna play golf because it's it's fun, it's a way to make friends with people, it's a way to achieve things, but ultimately I can improve my health while having fun. I, I enjoyed the fact, Phil, that your match play drubbings were only four and three. My last one was eight and six, and I can assure you that tested my well-being. Um, it is a compelling message, though, isn't it? I, and it really is. I mean, even if we take away the headline of um, golfers live on average five years longer, which really should be. I mean, it really should be the, the single thing that attracts people to this game. But the huge mental physical um, and health well-being benefits from that. I can attribute, uh, I can attest to my own experience through that, what golf can do for mental health. That message is absolutely compelling, isn't it, Phil? Definitely. And, and in fact, the, the research that we run, and this is the reason you do the research, because you can find out things directly from the audience that you're trying to impact. And actually, the five years longer message was relevant for people a bit older, but actually for younger people, what was the most compelling message was mental health and feeling better, uh, mentally balanced. That was the key driving. And when you explain to people why you feel better and the fact that doctors have proven it, that's when you saw the spikes of interest in wanting to take up the game or play it more frequently or come back to golf. So that's the kind of message that we need to get out. And, and you know, a program like Iona investigates talking to people like uh, Jason McAteer and the benefits it's given to him on mental health and then you know speaking to Gareth Bale there's a guy five times Champions League and he talks about you know the the, the pressure that he feels playing for Wales or playing for Real Madrid and you know he sees golf as a way for him to sort of counter that and, and be able to relax and find that kind of peace and quiet and, and give them that kind of mental um, stability. So when you've got kind of role models like that, together with real life people talking about the experience of golf, I think it's it's a really it's a really powerful message for us that we just, as I say, um, through all the available means, we've got to bang on and on and on about that message. Um, the program is called Iona Investigate. So we're going to finish with you, Iona. Um, I thought one of the really um, interesting things that came out of particularly the first episode, but also I think the second as well, was you really showing the benefits of club membership um, through your own experiences at, at Renferley Castle and obviously then with the ladies that, that, that you were with at St Andrews. Um, I mean, just, just explain to me if you could what 
club membership has meant to you and and for those who might be considering it um obviously we've had this huge boost in participation but there's always more um why they should get involved in yeah. this, this game yeah you've hit the nail on the head there steve i can't speak more like passionately about this um i think initially the first club i joined was ran farley castle uh, as the as the story reveals in episode one I've been a member of a variety of golf clubs since then, the University of St Andrews, of course, um, a couple of clubs in Edinburgh, kind of local clubs, and then um, and now I'm a member of Glen Eagles. And I think what club membership gives us is a feeling of belonging. And as human beings, at our very basic level, I think we love to feel like we belong. And that starts when we're, when we're little and we join a family and you want to feel like you're part of a gang. And then as we go through life, I think, you know, so much of life we have to take on our own and to tackle on our own. And we have to deal with our own internal dialogue constantly. And moments in life I feel I've had the most joy and felt the most peace is moments when I thought I'm part of this and I'm not alone. And, you know, there's, there's other people that, that feel like they're sharing this journey with you. And that, that, that resonates on and off the golf course and for me I first had that experience at Brandon Furley Castle and it was an incredible feeling and I think now I look across people I know in my life at every age and stage and at every turn I encourage people who are not you know either playing golf or part of a golf club to join and to get involved and the good thing about that is that the RNA and uh, you know other governing bodies are working extremely hard to make golf more accessible and, you know, more available to, to everyone. And I think for a long time it was stereotyped as a very expensive game. And for people, you know, only the high and mighty could be part of a golf club. And it's just not the case. And, you know, there are so many golf clubs out there that are very affordable and they've got flexible memberships for people at all stages of their life. But I think, Steve, what, what it does is it gives you a community and in that community, you've got the shared love and passion of golf, but it transcends through your whole life. And ultimately, you end up meeting friends and people, friends that you can call family for the rest of your own life. And that's what it's given to me. And that's what I hope it, it can give many, many people who are listening to this and hear the message that we're trying to spread, as Phil said, far and wide, that it's a game that can enhance your life. The programme is called Iona Investigates. It's a series of three episodes. You can find it on the RNA's channel on YouTube. I would implore you to watch it. It is a really compelling piece of work. And I, I certainly found an enormous amount to empathise with and, and be inspired by as well in that series. So Iona, James, Phil, thank you for joining me on the From the Clubhouse podcast. Thank you, Steve. Thank you very much, Steve. Thanks for having me.